the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Welcome to the show. This is episode 249 of The Boys of Tech, New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. This episode is for the week commencing Monday, the 2nd of December 2013. I'm here in the studio. My name is Edwin Herman. I'm joined over Skype, firstly, by my co host, Brett King. Welcome to the show, Brett. Hey, hey. Hey, Brett. Uh, end of another week. And. Mm-hmm. And how was how was your week? Uh, tiring. A, a busy week then, and a busy weekend as well. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Brett. We do have a guest uh, on the show. His name is James Howells from the UK, and I'd like to welcome him now. Welcome to the show, James. Hi, Edwin. Uh, hi, Brett. Hello. Howdy. And look, it's it's great to have you on the show. Uh, the reason, in fact. You know, right now, if people Google your name, they will find your name all over the news articles, all over the tech technology newswires. There's a good reason for that, isn't there, James? Uh, there is, yes. <laughs> so your story is fairly simple, but it must be, I don't know, it must be incredibly frustrating for you. I, I don't mean to drum this in, but it, it really must be frustrating for you. Tell us your story. Uh, well, basically, um, in February 2009, um, well, randomly browsing the internet, I, um, I, I came across uh, something called Bitcoin. And as soon as it, I sort of read what it was uh, and what it was going to do, I knew immediately that um, it was going to be a huge success. So uh, I began mining, um, mining Bitcoins using the, the process, processing power in my, uh, my, my Dell laptop. And I mined for about a week. And producing about seven and a half thousand bitcoins. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, after the the end of the first week, however, I had to stop mining because the the actual laptop was overheating. You know, it was on twenty four seven for for a, a week straight, and the laptop itself was overheating. The fans were, uh, you know, spinning very very loudly. So um, you know, and I was actually worried that there was going to be damage to the machine. So so I stopped. You know, in those days. Uh, Bitcoin was actually worth nothing, although I suspected it was going to be uh, quite big. I didn't actually know, you know. So, but, um, but you obviously had an inkling yeah, that this could be become something really big. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely did. But obviously, you know, didn't have a crystal ball at the time, so I couldn't tell for sure. Um, I mean, after I stopped mining, that machine was still my main machine, um, and continued to be for another sixteen months. I got I got distracted from Bitcoin and and, and stopped mining due to uh, to moving house and family commitments at the time. About six to nine months later, after mining the bitcoins, I spilled a, a drink of lemonade on the laptop. Oh no! Um, you know, yeah. Being an IT engineer, I uh, I was able to sort of take the laptop apart and uh, and, and put it all out and repair it. However, when I put it back together, although it worked, it didn't work as consistently as before. And obviously, being in the IT industry, I fix computers on a daily basis, and you know I don't need to be fixing my own every every evening. 
So I decided to get rid of the laptop. Um, I broke it into pieces uh, and, so, and sold all the components for spares, but kept the hard drive. Um, you know, obviously, I know through my, uh, my my role as an IT engineer that you know it's not good practice to throw hard drives away, especially you know after they've just come out of a machine that you've recently used. So, so yeah, I mean, after the laptop drive was uh, was put into my drawer in my office, it, it, it sort of stayed there for three years while I totally forgot about Bitcoin. You know, in the background, the price was continually rising. You know, if you, and then you fast forward to uh, the summer of 2013, three years later, I had a clear out of my office. You know, being an IT engineer, you, you accumulate things all the time. And every now and again, you need a clear out. So, um, you know, during this clear out, I came across the hard drive in my in my office drawer. And, you know, the first thought was, well, you haven't accessed anything off that for three years. The chances are you'll need anything are, are pretty slim. So had you forgotten about the bitcoins on there at, at this point? I, at, at that moment, at the moment I'd actually put the drive in the bin, I completely forgot about the bitcoins. I'd accessed that drive when I bought a new machine, which was a Mac. Um, and I'd access that drive in order to transfer my media files, my video, uh, music files, etc. But I didn't transfer the Bitcoin folder because I was going from a Windows machine to a Mac. Um, you know, and, and obviously the, the Windows version wouldn't work OS. Oh, so they, um, they're not compatible? That, uh, they are now, but at the time they weren't. At the time I bought my Mac in early 2010, um, I don't actually think there was a, a Mac client for Bitcoin. Oh, I it see. It was uh, Windows only in the, in, in, in the initial stages. So, yeah, so I, I didn't transfer the file over. And, and even as far as sort of 2010, uh, when I bought my Mac and the last time I accessed that drive, Bitcoin was still virtually worthless then. Um, it's only sort of over the last two years, two and a half years, that the, the, the price has skyrocketed. So how much were they actually worth when you, well, say to, say go back to 2010, do you know how much they were worth then? Well, w- w- at the time I mined them in 2009, they were worth absolutely nothing. I mean, to me, they were worth the electricity that it cost to run the laptop uh, yeah. during the mining process. Right, right. You know? So, I, I mean, I haven't worked out exactly, but it must be about £20, something like that, no more than that, £30. Um. And at the time that I threw them out, in the summer of 2013, um, they were worth £500,000. Wow. £500,000. Uh, yeah. And since then, they've uh, they've obviously increased in value again. And, you know, at the, at the, at the point that I realised uh, that I threw them out, they were worth £4.2 million. Pounds. Wow. That just blows my mind. So, so just six months ago, they were worth an eighth of what they are worth now. Yeah, that's correct. And more to the point, though, you have roughly £4.2 million worth of Bitcoins on a hard drive somewhere that has been thrown out. Yeah, that's correct. Wow. So you're you're a millionaire, really? <laughs> on paper, well, as they say, or perhaps on uh, on hard drive. Underground. <laughs> <laughs> Well, obviously, there must be a, an interest in trying to recover this, right? Um, well, yeah. I mean, a, a few days after I, well, the, the, the first day I found out the, and realised what I'd done, you know, I spent the entire day and the next few days ripping the house up trying to find it, on the off chance that it had fallen out of the bag, I'd taken it out, you know, just and forgot it, I'd taken it out and put it somewhere, 
you know, obviously it's quite I knew it was quite valuable, so I thought, you know, we might as well uh, have a look just in case. So I spent the first few days doing that. Um, and then I, I, I posted in an IRC chat room, a, a Bitcoin internet relay chat online, and asking the question, because I rem- at the time of uh, installing the Bitcoin client, I remember writing down my private key on a piece of paper and, and putting it somewhere safe, which I cannot now find. <laughs> However, right. I, I asked the question in the IRC chat room, if I, would ha- if I were able to find the private key, would I be able to recover my bitcoins in any way? And the, the general answer was no. You actually need the, the wallet file. Oh, so you so, actually um, need you know, the then, file then, itself? You actually, yeah, you actually need the wallet file from the hard drive. So, um, yeah, so that so that didn't help. But but then they started asking questions. You know what? Why? What happened? You know what happened? So I mentioned that I threw a drive out with uh, you know seven and a half thousand bitcoins on it. Um, not expecting much of a response because I, you know, I genuinely actually, I, although I knew the value of them, I genuinely actually thought, you know, the bitcoins are a bank to have been lost for, you know, with a higher value in the past. Um, and didn't expect much of a response. And the response I got was wow, sort of thing. And, you know, one thing led to another, really. So, right now, the hard drive is sitting where? In some landfill, I guess? Uh, it is, yes. Uh, the, the bins that it was, um, put into were, were put into a standard black bag um, and, and taken to the local landfill site where they were put into the general waste bin you know after my uh, my internet relay check I went down to the, the landfill site and some of the guys in, in IRC convinced me it might be worth a shot so I went down had a word with the, the local manager um, and explained the situation my question to him, my, my initial question to him was, when black, black bags are put into the landfill bins, do they then get emptied and sorted first, or do they get um, crushed and buried straight away? And unfortunately, the answer was crushed and buried. Oh, really? So they uh, actually they get crushed? Actually, yeah, yeah, they don't actually get sorted first, you know, to try and recycle any additional materials. They just get crushed and, and buried. So, um, so yeah, I mean, while I was on site at the, at the landfill site, they, the manager did take me up to the current pit that they were working on. And, um, you know, as soon as I seen the, the scale of what would be required, the first thing I thought to myself was, you know, I've got no chance. We're talking about the area, the size of probably a soccer field, maybe two. You know, and, and, the, and the, the manager did mention that anything from three to four months ago could be buried somewhere between three to five feet deep. Oh man! But so, so you can imagine the you know the size of the, the scale of the job in hand. It's literally like a, a needle in a haystack kind of challenge. Yeah, it's not even a lap, it's not even a laptop size piece of equipment we're looking for. It's something the size of an iPhone. So presumably, though, you when you went to the landfill, you you saw the the uh, the refuse that was that had gone through the sort of crushing process, how fine is, is the uh, is the refuse crushed? I, I guess what I'm getting at here is, you know, if it's crushed on a big scale, is it possible that the hard drive is actually still intact somewhere, buried beneath it all? Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's, I think it's possible it's still intact. I mean, I don't know the exact pressures of the, you know, the equipment they use to crush rubbish uh, and, and waste, but... Um, 
But did our you see stories have been recovered from worse situations in the past? I've been led to believe. Right. So, and when you were there, did you see other items of a similar, you know, size and I, shape? I did. I didn't actually get that close, to be honest. Um, okay. He didn't need to take me that close to, to convince me. You know. Right, right. I wouldn't be able to find it. <laughs> oh man, you know what? Everyone listening to this and everyone who's read the stories on the uh, various news sites must be really feeling your pain. Although no one feels it as much as you, I'm sure. It must be so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, although I've, I've kind of accepted it now and, and, and moved on. I mean, one of the good things um, to come out of this for me is when you do something like this, you keep you, all you do is you ask yourself, "Hey, can I fix this? What can I do to fix it?" Um, and besides finding the drive, I've come up with a few other ideas. You know, I've got a couple of business uh, ideas related to Bitcoin in in the pipeline, um, which I can sort of easily set up and um, and maybe turn this in, into my advantage, if you will. Right. So, if anything, this has given you the energy, if you like, to to develop. Something most to, definitely. To, right. Oh, good. That's really, that's good. Well, mm. most definitely. I mean, the way, I, the way I'm looking at it is I haven't actually lost anything because I didn't have money available to me in the first place. It's not as if I was, uh, you know, driving fast cars, living the high life. You know, I haven't had any, I, I haven't had the rug pulled from under me. I just haven't gained what I should have. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, James, you mentioned you've got some ideas in the pipeline regarding Bitcoin. Um, is there anything you can tell us or let us know about what you've got planned for the future in, in Bitcoins? Without going into any details, to uh, you know, I wouldn't want to give anything away at this stage because I haven't had the chance Indeed. to uh, <laughs> develop my ideas yet. Um, you know, I've got a couple of issues of, uh, of the, with the way that Bitcoins are currently being used around the world at the moment. Currently, Bitcoin is a, is, a, is a cryptocurrency which is being used as a crypto commodity, I believe, you know, as gold and silver would be, rather than a currency, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the currency of the 21st century that it was designed to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I believe that we actually have to start using Bitcoin in a different way. The current problem uh, stopping the, the widespread sort of adoption of Bitcoin at the moment is the, you know, the, the daily volatility in, in the price of Bitcoins, in the Bitcoin currency itself. Uh, you know, some TV and online analysts, analysts have uh, pointed to the fact that Bitcoin is a volatile bubble waiting to explode. Mm. Uh, you know, the next dot-com bust in order to sort of, you know, put down the currency or to, to warn people away. Um, yeah. Funny thing is, like, they're actually correcting what they're saying. You know, the, the way Bitcoin is being used, you know, it's traded on on the, the current exchanges. It's as if it's a commodity rather than a currency. I don't know if you guys understand what I mean by that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's being traded as if it's as if it's gold or silver instead of yeah, you know, a yeah. dollar. Um, and it was actually des- yeah, and it was actually designed as a currency to be used in everyday life or so, you know transactions <laughs> for goods. So people well, are speculating. Well, with one Bitcoin worth a thousand dollars, you're not exactly going to take your bitcoins down to the supermarket. <laughs> well, you see, I have a, I have an idea which might change that. Okay, can you tell you us see? any more? Or? I mean, what what what? <laughs> I mean, I mean, what's what what is holding volatility? You know, what what's holding Bitcoin back at the moment is is the volatility of the currency. 
Um, I mean, who would want to invest their life savings in, in a Bitcoin currency when at any moment they could lose it all because the bubble burst while they were sleeping? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's not a sensible investment. No. You know, to be to be to be investing, you know, money that you don't want to risk. It's a high risk investment at the moment. Or what if we could change that? What if we could change it to a low risk invent, uh, investment for, for the way cash is at the moment? You know, I believe I've come out up with a way to take the volatility away from the currency so that it become a stable currency as it was designed to be. You know, eventually it will stabilize. Um, and, and then Bitcoins will still continue to rise in price because of the laws of demand and supply. You know, that there are only 21 million Bitcoins in existence, minus a few that have lost, been lost along the way, i.e. my situation. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I hope to change the way Bitcoin Bitcoins are used. So there are a number of places uh, that, that will trade Bitcoin for real cash. Is, is this a, a similar line to, to what you're, you're thinking? Um, I wouldn't really want to go into any specifics at the moment. Okay, yeah, um, no, fair enough. The, 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 cur- the, the current exchanges are all designed... The, current, the, the way that Bitcoin currently works is people buy Bitcoins or mine Bitcoins in the hope that they will rise in value on the current exchanges so that they can sell them for a profit. Mm. Now, you know, I, uh, I hope to change that. <laughs> okay, so we'll we'll leave people to ponder what various solutions that could be. It sounds like you're you're reasonably convinced you you have an answer, and I think it's great if you can pursue that, and and, and perhaps you can just make that four point two million pounds worth back, if not multiple times. <laughs> that would be lovely, <laughs> wouldn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I in the figures already, um, and I don't mean to be, uh, I don't mean to. Uh, uh, to boast or anything, but the the, the four point two million could be pocket change compared to what wow. could happen. Wow! Um, well, I, I know, hope you can do this. I the, hope the, you're the, successful. If you if you, if you if you look at things uh, this way, there's a tremendous amount of trust already established in Bitcoin. And the current price of Bitcoin is over a thousand pound each. Yeah, this, yeah, I saw this, that. This proves that there is trust in the currency, uh, and the trust exists, and people are willing to to use it worldwide uh, and place their faith in it. Nothing highlighted this more to me than the, the day I spent giving uh, TV and radio interviews recently. Not one of the reporters, cameramen, sound crews, photographers, producers, and even the, the presenters themselves knew what a Bitcoin was. Oh, is that before right? Before they heard my story. <laughs> 99% of the people I spoke to that day hadn't heard of Bitcoin. Now, that makes me think to myself, you know, if the bit, price of Bitcoin is already over $1,000 each, and most people don't know about it yet, what will the price be when everybody does know about right. it? Right, yeah, yeah. You know, I think there's only one direction that the price of Bitcoin is going at the moment. And that's going to continue the more the more people learn more about it, right? Yeah, definitely, because there is a limited supply of, of 21 million coins. Now, that can only, in its current model... That can only go so far. Um, you know, imagine we actually mine 20, when, when we mine 21 million, how is the market going to work then? How is the uh, commodity-based market, how it works at the moment, going to work then? Because what is the value? I, I suspect we'll get to 21 million and then the value will plummet. 
because nobody will have any faith anymore. Well, the volatility needs to be, uh, and the risk needs to be taken away from the currency itself so that the currency can do its job of facilitating trade. So, James, have you Googled your name in the last week or so? Um, I have a number of times. Um, uh, I've read the stories. I try not to read the comments underneath. Um, (laughs) It it seems we have quite a few uh, Bitcoin experts around the world who uh, might want to go and read the user manual again. Right. Okay, so (laughs) what what does it feel like to be all over the news right now? It's pretty weird, to be honest. As I said, I didn't go looking for this. I I simply posted a a question to a few guys in an IRT chat room. And the next day, I had a a phone call from from The Guardian saying they were going to do an article on me. Quickly following the release of that, I had many more news organizations contact me from all over the world. Now, let me guess. The Guardian and... I'm guessing most of the media as well wouldn't even, not only would they not have heard of Bitcoins, but they probably haven't heard of IRC either, right? Um, no, most didn't. IRC is an old internet chat. Yeah, um, yeah. Brett, Brett and I spent many hours uh, years ago on IRC, didn't we, Brett? Yes. But these yeah, days, you know, you, you mention IRC and they don't, people don't really know what it is. IRC was the original uh, social media site. Yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, you're right. I ne- you know what? I never thought of it that way. I have never thought of it that yeah. way. I'm, I'm glad you said that, actually, because you, you're absolutely right. Now, by the way, James, have you been interviewed by anyone in New Zealand before uh, on the story? No, not over the phone. I, I think I may have answered a few questions by email for somebody, but uh, my email right. list is... Uh, it's gone crazy this week. Oh, I, I, I bet it is. <laughs> I bet it is. Okay, well, look, James, we'll probably leave it there. I'll let you uh, carry on with, uh, you know, uh, with your endeavours. You're probably sick of talking to journalists and whatnot. Um, but, look, I want to thank you very much for giving us uh, your time today. Yeah, that's no problem. And, thank uh, you for having me. You, you're most welcome. The pleasure's ours. And, look, m- more importantly... All the very best with uh, with your venture. And look, you know what? If if you are successful, I think you know in in years to come we'll look back and people will say, if it weren't for the fact that you'd lost those bitcoins, you wouldn't be where you are today. And and, and that's what that's what <coughs> we're going to be saying. That, I, if if you're successful in I'm, this, I'm, I'm I'm thinking along those lines of reckon to be honest, because you know it was the night after my uh, my media day. If you know that I I had my light bulb moment. You know, and it was because of events that had happened during that day that I that caused me to have that. So uh, I hope it does take off, and um, I believe the world will be a better place if it does. Well, I mean, when details are released, you'll you'll be able to to look and judge for yourself. But until then, I'll, uh, I'll keep them under wraps and, and and work as hard as I can on them. Absolutely. Well, we hope you succeed as well. So all the very best, and thank you very much for uh, talking to us once again. Thank you, James. No, no problem. Bye for now. Thank yeah. you. Bye. Let's burn through a bit of uh, Skype credit. Um, okay, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you know that the um, Wikipedia, the Bitcoin entry on Wikipedia has an entry about James Howells? He's, he's on Wikipedia. Look at him. And, and in the histories. In but, the history section of Bitcoins is a bit about his, his losing 7.5 million US worth of Bitcoins. <laughs> in the landfill. And here he is now on The Boys of Tech. Excellent. Good stuff. Look, uh, Brett, we'll carry on, though, with the show. Just two more stories. Very random stories. They are kind of random. This next one is about, <laughs> is about a restaurant, a very well-known restaurant, actually, in Israel. 
uh, in Abu Ghosh, I, I think that's how you pronounce it, I'm not entirely sure. And uh, the owner there, Jordad Ibrahim, founded this restaurant, which is very popular with both Jewish people and Arab people, and they come there and dine. This restaurant is kind of different in that they offer a discount if you turn your phone off. And, ah, and, so yeah. combating the uh, current horrible technology device trend of you go out to dinner with people to sit with your phone and text and tweet and chat with other people who may not necessarily be at the restaurant with you that you went out to dinner with. Exactly. You got it in one. And you know, other restaurants have tried things like banning phones and they have a phone ban, so you must leave your phone, you know, somewhere. Or uh, others have, we've seen another restaurant, I think in in the States, who offer like a 5% discount. So here, the discount is 50%. 50%. Wow. He is massively (laughs) eating into his margins. Margins on food are tiny. Well, he he may have just doubled the, the other, you know, (laughs) <laughs> the, R- the RRP. <laughs> Who knows how he's done it. But yeah, anyway, that's the deal. You can take your phone if you want, and if you need to have the phone because you have a babysitter at home or something and and you you want to have the, you know, you want to be contactable in case there's an emergency that you need to attend to, that's fine. But you won't take advantage of the discount, but you're still allowed to have your phone. Those, of course, who are looking for a deal, in fact, and and they don't really mind if they have the phone or not, they'll be very much incentivized to leave the phone. Turn their phone off, put it in their bag and 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 leave it there. Exactly, and get a 50% discount. So obviously, if a waiter sees you pull out your phone and use it, then you don't get your discount. I'm guessing, yeah, I'm guessing so. And it's game over then. Mm. It's definitely a good way to to combat one one of the more annoying and antisocial aspects of social technology. <laughs> it's social technology that is incredibly antisocial. It's making us in generations of antisocial people. We don't talk to people in real life. We text each other. Yeah. What's refreshing about this is that it's not a, a, just yet another phone ban. It, it's like he's got a twist on it. It's you know, it's a fifty percent discount. You can you, indeed. You, you can well, have your phone, phone bans are going to make people not turn up. Yeah, exactly. So just offer a fifty percent discount. <laughs> this guy has there, it right. I can't use my phone, but if I go there and and I don't use my phone, I will get a discount. Then that's that's better and would be you know, it's good marketing because it will pull in other people who go, oh, if I go there and and eat like I normally do and don't use the phone like I like I don't do, uh, I get cheaper food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, he's got it right. So good on yeah. him. There you go. Then that's, oh, the uh, the restaurant, by the way, is uh, uh, named after the town. So it's got the same name. So if you, if you are in uh, Abu Ghosh or in, in the environs, look out for it. All right, Brett, one more story and, uh, and that's it then. It's been another quietish week. This is just about a review I saw on CNET and and, and I've, it's a magic trick it's a magic trick how is okay how is it technology related ed oh, okay. it's a magic <laughs> trick i know you like magic i've known you for a very long time but <laughs> how does magic and the boys of tech go together uh yeah very loosely really and and, and the, the technological <laughs> component of this is very very loose what it is it, it's a magic trick that lets you uh, here's the way it's put it this way here's the way it's perceived by the audience you hold your smartphone 
and that, this is the technological aspect of it, right? You, you hold your smartphone. Does it only uh, work it, on smartphones? I think it, it works on some dumb phones as well. You hold your smartphone in your hands by the tips of your fingers and you let one hand go and it just floats there in midair appearing to simply balance on the very tip of you know you, your other hand. And is is it taking advantage of the fact that the, 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 the centre of balance on most smartphones is not in the centre? Look, I very much doubt it. You, you try it with your smartphone. I very much doubt it's way... You have to... Look, Brett, you have to see the video and you've seen it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, there's no way you can have that much weight on that end. I think there's something more to it. You purchase this trick. I presume there's some hardware they send you, some a device or, or something, I think. I'm not sure. But uh, I, I can't find out how it's done. No one seems to. I, I, I'm, I've been googling for these for the secret of this, and CNET have demonstrated, and it looks fantastic. And it's baffled a lot of people who who normally, you know, uh, who normally uncover you know magic tricks and and reveal their secrets or, or guess how they're done. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very 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 impressive trick. And there's a link on our website, boysoftech.com under episode 249 have a look there if you, if you haven't seen it if you haven't seen the video go and watch it see if you can find out how they do it short of purchasing the trick for 29.99 US I have no idea maybe it's some kind of sticky thing that you put on your finger and it's very hard to see yeah it could be because I'm watching the video right now and it could be something that's sticky on his finger. Right. I wondered about something magnetic that is stuck to your finger, but... Well, you know, people I'm... would see it then, because the whole point of this trick is that you've got a bare hand and you're holding it and then you like take it and you give it to them. You can give it to somebody immediately. But you might be able to um, slip this thing on with a with slider hand. Actually, one, one common trick is where they use a magnet to... To affect a compass, to change, you know, to make a compass swing, and it's actually it's magnet based, right? As you'd expect, but where is the magnet? You don't see it. It's actually fitted in a a sort of a, a thimble, if you like, that you then slip on your finger, which is very, very much skin like. It's just a very, very thin. Yeah. You know, well, it does say at the end of the video that no magnets, adhesive, or suction cups are involved. Oh man, I, I want, I want to know. Do, do we? Then pe- you'll do- have to spend twenty nine ninety five yeah. US. Yep. To, to learn this trick, Ed. It's available from Penguin Magic. If anyone or has, if any of our listeners yeah. have paid twenty nine ninety five <laughs> US for this magic trick, you can um, let Edwin know and, yeah. and he will be sworn, ever so grateful. And I'll be sworn to secrecy. I guess I shouldn't really tell everyone because that kind of ruins the trick, doesn't it? Indeed, except we will talk about it on an episode of The Boys of Tech. Yeah, without giving too much away. Uh, yeah. yeah, Edwin won't give too much away, but once he's explained it to me over lunch, I will tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think it's it's one of those tricks where I just cannot think of a single way this is done. And I've slowed down the video as well. And all, oh, it's it's the way that it hangs there and does a little bounce. It really does look adhesive. But if they say there's no adhesives involved, how, how but wh- that could just be claim once again. It, you know, when they show you a picture of something and then there's tiny print down in the corner that says not actual size. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Look, let's get our listeners watching the video, see if yeah. they can work it out. It's like, you look, there is definitely something there. I'm watching that video again right now, and that very first time he removes his hand, it wobbles there on the fingers. So there is definitely something keeping it there. Yeah, but what? And, and where? And how come it's not so visible? You know, all, all well, these questions. Maybe it's, you know, like you said, flesh-coloured finger-looking thing that you put on your hand and and you could then, once you have it, discover all kinds of new ways of doing things, like giving yourself other people's fingerprints and, and using it for other things. Well, I'm, I'm going to... <laughs> if, if it is a type of adhesive, you could use it for climbing walls. You're like Spider-Man. Oh, oh, now, oh, now there's a thought. Yeah, what else could you do with it if it does that? It's a good adhesive, but not super, because you can easily take it off. You know, I'm not going to sleep tonight, because I, uh, I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't know <laughs> the answer. Who knows what it does, but you're going to have to do <laughs> You're going to have to do some more digging, Ed. Maybe it's it hasn't been around long enough for anybody to go, hey, this is this is, this is is how this tricked yeah, up, is Yeah, and, but the thing is also... Because you know, there, are, there are tons of sites out there, like you mentioned, that, that explain how tricks work. Yeah. And somebody is going to explain how this trick works eventually. By the way, it's called the Eye Balance. And as I say, the video link is on our website under episode 249. Check it out. Brett, that's it. want to thank you very much for co-hosting. Always a pleasure, Ed. And it was great talking to James, wasn't it? It was very interesting hearing the, the, the story of his woe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, he said, going, he, he's accepted well, his fate, though, nothing right? Is, nothing has really changed. Because I, I didn't know that I was a millionaire, but still, it is kind of, oh my God, yeah. damn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you know, he's, uh, he's now putting his energy into other things and uh, maybe we'll get an update from him one day. Indeed. So, and he is, he is, um, it has obviously reinvigorated his um, interest in Bitcoins. Yeah. Yeah, it has. So uh, let's see what comes out of that. All right, Brett, that's it, uh, as I said, for another week. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. See you next week. Goodbye. Ciao.